Hello, this is Father John Arthur Orr, Associate Pastor at Holy Ghost Catholic Church in Knoxville, and I'm happy to be here again today to speak to you about Pope Benedict XVI's third encyclical letter, Caritas in Veritate, Charity in Truth. This letter sent by the Bishop of Rome to encircle the globe that the teaching of the gospel continues even until Christ should return. In previous programs, I have given an overview of the key terms in our Holy Father's letter. I've gone over the social teaching, the social doctrine of the church in the letter, Charity and Truth, Caritas and Veritate. I've gone over the life issues in this third encyclical of Pope Benedict XVI's. I've gone over the family as treated by our Holy Father. Today, I thought I would begin a presentation very current and very topical in light of business in our nation, namely health care in Pope Benedict XVI's encyclical letter, Caritas in Veritate. There are seven passages in the encyclical which treat health care, and I thought I would go over the first so many passages today. In article 22 of the Pope's letter, he says, quote, Among those who sometimes fail to respect human rights of workers are large multinational companies as well as local producers. International aid has often been diverted from its proper ends through irresponsible actions both within the chain of donors and within that of the beneficiaries. Similarly, in the context of immaterial or cultural causes of development and underdevelopment, we find these same patterns of responsibility reproduced. On the part of rich countries, there is excessive zeal for protecting knowledge through an unduly rigid assertion of the right to intellectual property, especially in the field of health care. At the same time, in poor countries, cultural models and social norms of behavior persist, which hinder the process of development. End quote. That's Article 22. Let's unpack some of this. When the Holy Father speaks of the human rights of workers, we're reminded that this is a social document, a document treating social concerns. The Holy Father doesn't just point a finger at multinational companies. He is an equal opportunity uh, teacher. So not only multinational companies might fail to respect human rights of workers, but local producers as well, large and small, near and far. All of us are called to do the truth in love. Caritas in veritate, veritas in caritas. International aid diverted from its proper ends. What are the proper ends of aid? Well, we want to help somebody. That's good. That's a proper end. But if it's diverted, the Holy Father points out, by irresponsible actions, both within the chain of donors and that within that of the beneficiaries. Who are the donors? Those who give. Who are the beneficiaries? Those who receive. We've all heard stories of shipments of grain or foodstuffs left on docks to rot, unable to reach those intended to be helped. This is a terrible crime. The Holy Father reminds us that development, integral human development, so key in this document, is including not only material, but immaterial. 
not only scientific, but cultural. Cultural development, immaterial development, or underdevelopment. The whole person. So, in light of healthcare in Pope Benedict XVI's encyclical, healthcare too is not just physiological, biological, material health, but spiritual health as well. Our relationship with God and with one another, all made in the image of God. On the part of rich countries, our own United States of America comes to mind, there's excessive zeal for protecting knowledge through unduly rigid assertion of the right to intellectual property. So these are copyright laws, patent laws. It's not a crime to protect your property, intellectual property included. But if it's an excessive zeal, the excess is where the problem is. Especially in the field of healthcare, the Holy Father points out. So that would include prescription drugs or medical procedures. Not to say that those who do the research, those who make the initial investment, cannot receive their rightful and honest return on them. But if so many could be helped, and we refuse to help whom we can help, woe to us. At the same time, countries, some countries, poor countries, cultural models and social norms and behavior persist, which hinder the process of development, such as education, such as freedom, such as you fill in the blank. The second reference to health care in Pope Benedict XVI's third encyclical, Caritas in Veritate, comes to us in Article 28, which reads as follows, quote, Some non-governmental organizations work actively to spread abortion, at times promoting the practice of sterilization in poor countries, in some cases not even informing the women concerned. Moreover, there is reason to suspect that development aid is sometimes linked to specific health care policies which, de facto, involve the imposition of strong birth control measures. Further grounds for concern are laws permitting euthanasia, as well as pressure from lobby groups nationally and internationally in favor of its juridical recognition, end quote, Article 28 of the Pope's Letter. Non-governmental organizations, the Rotary Club, the Kiwanis, the Boy Scouts, the Knights of Columbus, these are all non-governmental organizations. So too is Planned Parenthood. We've had recent experiences in Knoxville with their active work seeking to spread abortion on demand. The president of our country has been accused of seeking to subsidize abortion on demand with taxpayer funding. The Holy Father obviously does not encourage this. Promoting the practice of sterilization. Think of vasectomies here. Think of elective hysterectomies here. Some cases not even informing women concerned. I'm told this happens in Mexico on occasion, if not infrequently, and the woman, the mother, cannot understand why she never has any further children. That is a crime, it is a mutilation to do this, willingly or against one's informed judgment. 
the suspicion about development aid being linked to health care policies which impose strong birth control measures come to mind in our recent current events in the dismissal of the so-called Mexico City policy by the current administration. Let us pray for the conversion of our country, not only for ourselves, but for our leaders, all of them. Laws permitting euthanasia here are discouraged by the Bishop of Rome, the successor to St. Peter, the Vicar of Christ, who received from the Lord the keys to bind and to loose. The Lord Jesus tells us, He who hears you hears me. Those words first spoken to the apostles. Benedict XVI, the chief of the successors to the apostles in our day. The Pope is discouraging laws permitting euthanasia. This has nothing to do with children in China or Japan or Korea, all Asian nations. This so-called euthanasia, so-called mercy killing, is nothing else than a crime against the fifth commandment, thou shalt not kill. Let us pray for a culture of life a culture where all are loved, regardless of infirmity, illness, age. These lobby groups, nationally and internationally mentioned by the Holy Father, could include also uh, what was formerly known as the Hemlock Society. Their name has been changed, but their mission's the same legalized assisted suicide. The Holy Father is not encouraging, is not supporting, is rather warning us against any such favor of these crimes against humanity. The third reference to health care in Pope Benedict XVI's third encyclical letter, Caritas in Veritate, Charity and Truth, comes from Article 32. In Article 32, we read, quote, It should be remembered that the reduction of cultures to the technological dimension, even if it favors short-term profits, in the long term impedes reciprocal enrichment and the dynamics of cooperation. It is important to distinguish between short-term and long-term economic or sociological considerations. Lowering the level of protection accorded to the rights of workers or abandoning mechanisms of wealth redistribution in order to increase the country's international competitiveness hinder the achievement of lasting development. Moreover, the human consequences of current tendencies towards a short-term economy, sometimes very short-term, need to be carefully evaluated. This requires further and deeper reflection on the meaning of the economy and its goals, as well as a profound and far-sighted revision of the current model of development so as to correct its dysfunctions and deviations. This is demanded, in any case, by the Earth's state of ecological health, Above all, it is required by the cultural and moral crisis of man. 
the symptoms of which have been evident for some time all over the world, end quote. In this, again, longish quote, our Holy Father speaks to us of health care, at least in so far as he speaks of the Earth's state of ecological health. It's important here to remember when he was speaking about the life issues in an earlier presentation where he reminded us concern for the environment is good, but how about that natural environment which is our mother's womb? We should be concerned not just about the one, but about both. Let's unpack this 32nd article of the Holy Father's letter. The Holy Father here reminds us that culture should not be reduced, uh, the least common denominator, only to their technological dimensions. We have such great radio programs. We have such great television broadcast. We have such great worldwide web access. These are all good and fine and can be used for such noble purposes as are speaking today of the truths of love and charity. But if we reduce our culture, our way of life, our society only to technology, and we forget the arts, we forget what is good and true and beautiful, then we have reduced our very selves. Important for us to remember that the root of the word culture is cult, that is the worship of God. When the Holy Father speaks to us about short-term profits, even very short-term, he reminds us that while the church is in it for the long haul, so too should each of us. What good doth it profit a man to gain the whole world, but to lose his soul? These words of the Lord, often placed on the lips of St. Thomas More in the theater, St. Thomas More had his head severed from his body, witnessing to the truth of holy marriage, disregarding the powers of the state, preferring rather the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ himself. We should follow that example. Short-term, long-term, economic considerations, short-term, long-term, sociological considerations. Not just the immediate quick fix, instant gratification here. The Holy Father asks us to take the long view. And it's interesting because before he had become the Bishop of Rome, the successor to St. Peter, one of his full-length written books is on eschatology, the science of the end of time, eternity, the last four things, death, judgment, heaven, and hell. That's a long view, not just the short term, not just the immediate, but the whole picture. The Holy Father here reminds us again in Article 32 of his third encyclical letter, Caritas in Veritate, about the rights of workers. Workers have rights. This is a social document, a teaching of the church regarding social concerns. Our health, 
in work. OSHA comes to mind, protecting workers where they work, that their health need not be destroyed as they earn an honest living. If we only focus on international competitiveness, uh, abandoning wealth redistribution, we might hinder lasting development. Lasting development is again long-term view. The Holy Father is not only worried about a quick fix or the quick profit, the cheap profit of a day trader. He's looking for the long-term investment like that engaged in by God who first spoke to Moses and to Abraham who spoke to our fathers through the prophets and in the fullness of time spoke to us through his son and even all these many years since the resurrection and ascension he still waits we can learn from our good God who reigns from heaven above to take the long view not seeking just an immediate profit the Holy Father asks us to carefully evaluate our economic concerns. So not just our physiological health or the ecological health, but our monetarial health care. Is our economy sound? Pope Benedict XVI quotes his beloved predecessor, Pope John Paul II, who in 2000 wrote in his World Day of Peace message, that the economy and its goals require further and deeper reflection as to their meaning. What does it mean to engage in economic activity? The loss of meaning has plagued our society for some several hundred years now. Pope John Paul II spent not only his 27 years of pontificate emphasizing the importance of meaning but even before he assumed the chair of Peter before Benedict after John Paul the first's very brief reign John Paul the second born Karol Joseph Wojtyla spent many an hour and many a day pouring much ink on paper reflecting on meaning not just the meaning of the economy, but the meaning of life and love, truth and goodness. These are questions philosophical of their nature, as is a reflection on the goals, that is the end, for what do we do what we do? Why was the radio invented? Was it just to hear hip-hop? Or could it be also that the gospel might be proclaimed and spread? Or that the news might be pronounced day by day, that we might know for what we should pray, for what we should give thanks, for what we should beg God's mercy. All this and more, the meaning of things. current models of development 
should have a far-sighted and profound revision correcting dysfunctions and deviations. Seems the Holy Father is not endorsing the status quo, but neither is he endorsing change for change's sake, as some others would have us do. The Holy Father is well aware of the seventh commandment, Thou shalt not steal. This is the basis of the free market economy. What is it people steal? They steal our stuff, or we steal their stuff, God forbid. How do we get our stuff? We work hard for it, or we receive as a gift, as a charity, as an offering from the hard work of others. The free market depends on the exchange of goods and services, my time, my expertise, my goods, for what you have. These are things which should not be corrected or revised. These are things from which deviations and dysfunctions have arisen. So what is dysfunctional, what is a deviation from private property, as well as the universal destination of all goods, that is what needs revision. That is what needs correction. Moral crisis of man, the cultural crisis of man. When there is a moral crisis, it means we are not doing what good we should do. We are doing evil we should avoid. The cultural crisis, as pointed out earlier in this same passage by Pope Benedict XVI, has to do with a fixation on what is technological, what is scientific, forgetting the spiritual part of our very being. Remember, the Holy Father is anxious that we have an integral human development, a development which respects the totality of the person, not just my body, but my soul, not just my material well-being, but my spiritual well-being. Do I appreciate what is beautiful? Do I appreciate what is good or true? St. Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, tells us whatever is good, whatever is true, whatever is beautiful, think on this. And so we should. And so the successor to St. Peter, Pope Benedict XVI, reminds us as he proclaims the gospel of Jesus Christ to all the world, charity and truth. Let us love the truth. Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And let us do the truth in love. Love for God, love for neighbor, love for ourselves as God would have us do. The Holy Father reminds us that there have been crises, moral and cultural, evident for some time all over the world. The Holy Father is by training a historian having written doctoral theses, dissertations, on St. Augustine and on St. Bonaventure, both historical personages from the early church and from the Middle Ages. So when the Holy Father uses historical terminology for some time, 
how much time is included in some time. In our instant gratification, immediacy, 24-7, news cycle way of thinking, we might think just that way for some time, a news cycle, a day, a week, a month, a year, a presidency, a decade, a century. Mother Church, however, thinks in centuries. Since she was founded by Christ our Lord some 2,000 years on the rock of St. Peter's faith, you are Peter, on this rock I will build my church, singular, possessive. Now the successor to St. Peter speaks to the whole world, reminding us that for some time, there have been moral crises and cultural crises, and if we return to the God whom we worship when we render rightly cult, if we return to the good we should do, spurning the evil we should avoid, then these crises will cease, not only for our time, but in God's mercy for all time. For it is only in his mercy that we will join him forever on high. Pope Benedict XVI continues his presentation of health care in his third encyclical, Caritas in Veritate, in the 43rd article, which I will read now. Quote, A link has often been noted between claims to a right to excess and even to transgression and vice within affluent societies and the lack of food, drinkable water, basic instruction, and elementary health care in areas of the underdeveloped world and on the outskirts of large metropolitan centers. The link consists in this. Individual rights, when detached from a framework of duties which grants them their full meaning, can run wild, leading to an escalation of demands which is effectively unlimited and indiscriminate. An overemphasis on rights leads to a disregard for duties. Duties set a limit on rights because they point to the anthropological and ethical framework of which rights are a part. In this way, ensuring that they do not become license. Duties thereby reinforce rights and call for their defense and promotion as a task to be undertaken in the service of the common good. End quote. Let's unpack some of this. A right to excess. What is a right to excess? Well, it's a vice against temperance. Temperance, not too much, not too little. Excess, that's too much. We have no right to excess. And so the Holy Father calls sin a sin, or a transgression, a vice. A vice opposite the virtue of temperance. A vice opposite justice. For if I have an excess, others might suffer from lack. When the Holy Father mentions affluent societies, he does not specifically mention our own nation, but we have a great standard of living here, so we have a certain affluency. 
but this difference he makes. Here we have affluence, but in other parts of the world, so-called underdeveloped parts of the world, there is a lack of food, a lack of drinkable water, a lack of basic instruction and elementary health care. The Holy Father is not saying we all need to eat uh, chicken cordon bleu or the finest caviar or champagne. He's looking for basic food, drinkable water, basic instruction. We do not all need to be Shakespeare scholars or poet laureates. But can't we read? Can't we speak? Can't we do basic, basic math? This is of what the Holy Father speaks. This is what he has in mind. This is part of a sane health care. Not that we all necessarily have open heart surgeries or super chemotherapy or God knows what, but care in our moments of illness, a hot compress, a loving hand, let us continue to pray for and with each other that we will all be concerned not only about our material health and well-being, but our spiritual likewise. Until next time, God bless you.